Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump onto our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless your fam. Hey, great messaging today from Mitch. I love that. Naomi as well in the worship. Um, I love it when there's like a thread through a service. Um, I love it when things come together and God is really speaking. And I really believe that he's speaking to us today. Um, If we haven't met before, my name is Daniel and I get to share um, some thoughts around the word of God today, which is an immense privilege. I also want to acknowledge everyone behind this camera watching this live stream. Hello to you. And throughout the week, thank you that you're with us. We're glad you can be with us. I know some people here have been connecting through the live stream. It's been awesome. So I just want to shout out Emmanuel for making it happen each and every week. Well done. Amen. Before I begin today, would you just join me in a small prayer? I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to just come and settle on us. Lord, we thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that we can gather in freedom. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to us. Lord, we just posture ourselves before you right now and say, Lord, would you be a teacher? Would you have your way in us, God? We put our lives on the table and say, Lord, change us, transform us, have your way in us right now, God. We're here because we want to build your kingdom, connect with you, God, and walk away changed, be more like Jesus. Rest on us, Holy Spirit. Give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you right now in your name. We thank you. Amen. Now, I think it's fair to say the last couple of years have been pretty interesting, to use that terminology. There's been lockdowns, quarantine, isolation, pivoting, homeschooling, working from home. There's been some sickness, financial stress. And mental health, it's been a challenging time. And as we enter 2022, I wonder how your outlook is for the year ahead. What are you thinking about? I think there's some people in this room who might be really excited. Hey, I'm so excited that God's going to use me. He's going to work in me and through me. I love the grand adventure of faith. I'm pumped. I think other people are a bit more apathetic. You've gone, oh no, I got excited too much in 2020, 2021. I'm just going to get through week in, week out. I'm not thinking far ahead. Uh, maybe God can use me. I just want to get through. Or maybe you're seeing some challenging times on the horizon. Maybe you're dreading what's to come. Maybe you're seeing some challenging seas. No matter where you're at today, I'm sure there's going to be times throughout this year that you ask, God, where are you? God, where are you right now? What are you doing in my life? What is the purpose of what I'm going through? Why am I here? We're going to turn to the scriptures today to look at the life of someone who experienced extreme lows an amazing high, someone who experienced trial and challenge who not thought of their own. And that person is Joseph, son of Jacob, not Joseph Tessero. <laughs> As we unpack the story, I believe there are a couple of key truths that we can actually learn about God and how he works to help us through this year. And ultimately, I just want us all today to walk away with a faith injection, to be encouraged, changed and inspired to be used by God this year. Regardless of where we come from, regardless of how you finished 2021, if you crawled to the line or if you were sprinting, like flying on eagle's wings, God's going to use you. I believe it. So Joseph's life, if you know, your Bible is featured in the book of Genesis at the very start. And there's a unique challenge with this message today. 
His life is covered over 13 chapters. So thankfully for you, I'm not reading all 13 today. You're going to hear from the DLP, which is the Daniel Treat Paraphrase edition. Um, so bear with me as we go through and chronicle a bit about his story and his journey today. So Joseph was one of 12 brothers, sons of Jacob in the land of Canaan. And he was Jacob's favourite son. And the blokes hated him for it. And Jacob made it no secret. He gave him an ornate robe to say, you're the best. I love you. And the boys hated him. And so to add fuel to the fire, Joseph has a prophetic dream too, in fact. And the symbolism of the dream means that Joseph's brothers are going to bow down to him in the future. So naturally, Joseph telling his brothers that adds fuel to the fire. They're not happy. So they decide we're going to kill our brother and be done with him. And so they plot this, this plan to kill him. And they go out to the field, but one of his brothers is looking after him named Reuben. And Reuben hatches this idea in, in, his, in his mind and says, I'm gonna, let's put him in the well. Let's not kill him. Let's put him in a well. And his secret plan was that he's going to come back and save him later. So the blokes, they put him in the well. And while he's in the well, they go for some food. And as they're eating, some Egyptian slave traders come along and they have this great idea. Let's sell our brother to the slave trade. So they take his robe. They dip it in some goat's blood, go back to their, their father Jacob and say, a ferocious animal has devoured him. He is no more. Can you imagine that felt for Joseph? Like people with siblings in the room, you know what betrayal feels like. You know when mum would, like your brother and sister rat you out to mum and dad for something? They went and betrayed him and abandoned him like no one else. So Joseph's taken down to Egypt and he's sold to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar works for the Pharaoh. He is the um, captain of the guard. And so he begins to work in Pharaoh's house. And now if I'm Joseph, I've gone from this amazing position of being the favourite son of Jacob, then I've gone to being part of a terrible moment where I'm abandoned and betrayed by my brother, sent to a foreign nation down in Egypt and feeling completely abandoned. I'd feel completely abandoned, wouldn't you? But fascinatingly, we read this in Genesis 39, verse 2 to 4. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. What a paradox. Joseph is sold into slavery and he works in the house but we read here that the Lord was with him. The Lord gave him success in everything he did. And so much so, Potiphar ends up handing over all his affairs to Joseph. The Bible even says in Genesis 39 verse 6 that Potiphar didn't worry about a thing except which kind of food to eat. And unfortunately, Joseph was actually quite an attractive, young, handsome man. And he started to get some unwanted attention from Potiphar's wife. She started to try and seduce him. She said, come to sleep with me. Joseph, being a good, young, godly man, said, no way, Jose. That, again, is a paraphrase. That's not in the scriptures. And he resisted her. He didn't want to hang out with her even. And ultimately, she got upset with this. So she framed him, took some of his clothing, and claimed to her husband Potiphar that Joseph had raped her. Pretty severe allegation. So Potiphar, hearing this claim, has Joseph thrown into the king's prison. So Joseph's gone from being this favourite son of Jacob. He's then abandoned and betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, takes up a position as a slave, gets promoted, oh, sorry for the feedback, gets promoted in Potiphar's house, and he's in charge of everything, but now he is wrongly accused and falsely imprisoned. It's a bit of a roller coaster for Joseph. And I would be thinking, God, where are you in this? I was just promoted. 
He gave me success and now I'm wrongly imprisoned. And maybe you can relate to this as well. Things seem to turn from bad to good, good to bad, and as much as we want life to be smooth, it's not always that way. I think the older I get, people ask me how I'm going. I'm like, mixed bag? Some good, some bad. Maybe you can relate to that. So the story continues. We read this in Genesis 39, verse 20 23. While Joseph was in the prison, the Lord was with him. Interesting. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. What an interesting paradox. Once again, Joseph's in a situation that is difficult, a situation that isn't fair, but the scriptures tell us again that the Lord was with him. So much so he gets a promotion to be in charge of all the prison operations. And so some time passes later and the king's chief cupbearer gets thrown in along with the baker and they have these two dreams and they need them to be interpreted. And so Joseph interprets their dreams. He tells the chief cupbearer, hey, you're going to be restored to the king's court in three days. But when you go, tell them about my situation. Tell them about my plight, that I'm here, wrongly in prison. And then he tells the baker, unfortunately for you, it's not going to be that great. You are going to be impaled in three days. Lo and behold, Joseph's um, interpretation comes true. But Joseph is forgotten by the cupbearer. Now, it's 2022. I feel forgotten when I feel left on red on Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or Instagram. Anyone else? Or when you call someone, they're like, hey, yeah, I'm really busy. I'll call you in five minutes. Two days pass. Joseph is in prison waiting and he hears nothing. He's forgotten. This is next level. So up until this point, we have Joseph, favourite son of Jacob, abandoned, betrayed by his brothers, sold to slave traders, experiencing favour in Potiphar's house, promoted to be in charge of all his, all his affairs, and he's falsely accused, wrongly imprisoned, experiences favour again, gets to the height of the prison, that he can actually run the entire place, and now he's forgotten. Talk about a roller coaster. Like I said, two years go by, two years of waiting, and this is something I struggle with, to be honest. We live in um, Elstonwick, in an apartment building, above Coles. And it's a really nice Coles. It's a brand new Coles. It means they have a lot of self-checkouts. And maybe you're like me. I get to the, like, someone's in front of me, and they can't see the green light that they should go to the next one, and I'm already upset. I'm already annoyed waiting. Like, cannot you see? I have things to do. Yeah. But Joseph, two years. So... After two years, Pharaoh has his own dreams, two dreams, and he's deeply troubled. And he calls for all the magicians and wise men to come and interpret his dreams, but none of them can. And so the chief cupbearer finally has this light bulb moment. And he's like, I remember this guy named Joseph. He can interpret dreams. So Pharaoh calls for Joseph to interpret the dreams. Pharaoh recalls, Pharaoh recalls his dreams to Joseph. And Joseph, led by God, tells him the meaning. There's going to be seven years of harvest, seven years of famine. Oh, so, yeah, seven years of famine. And so Joseph then goes and informs Pharaoh a strategy is how to manage the nation, that they're going to get through this. And so upon hearing this, Pharaoh sees godly wisdom on Joseph and promotes him second in command to himself. Joseph goes in a moment from the prison to the palace. This is going to be one of the greatest job promotions in human history. God really puts like those LinkedIn recruiters to shame that like message you being like, hey, do you want to earn $3,000 more for the same job? 
Pilsner Palace, instant moment. And so Joseph collected his resource, collected resources for the kingdom for the next seven years in preparation for the famine. The famine hits and the world starts coming to Egypt to buy grain. And Jacob, his father, sends his brothers to Egypt to buy grain. And long story short, Joseph is now 39 years old. 22 years has passed since he's seen his brothers. And we read this in Genesis 45, verse 4 to 7. This is when he reveals himself. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. That's weird. I thought I read that he was sold to slavery. Interesting. For two years now, there's been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there'll be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And eventually, Joseph shows extreme kindness to his family and the brothers gives them food, clothing. They move into Egypt. He gives them silver as well. And all of Jacob's people, all of Israel, about 70 or so, move into Egypt. And I don't know about you, but if my brothers had sold me into slavery, I probably would have not have said what Joseph said. I probably would have said, get your own grain, get stuffed. But this is a really beautiful reaction. And this would, like, this would make an amazing reality TV show. Can you imagine, like, you think your brother's dead and you go, hands and knees, looking for grain? Can you imagine the reality camera's, like, poison the brother's reaction? Hey, Joseph's alive and he's running the nation. You can imagine, like, the jaws coming down. Amazing time. What's interesting in this, though, is that Joseph saw there's a bigger picture at hand here. God had a bigger picture. God used Joseph to fulfill his promises to Abraham. Who is Abraham? Joseph's great-grandfather. God came to Abraham and promised him and said, I'm, through you, I'm going to give you descendants, land, and blessing. And so what happened is when Joseph says a remnant, to preserve a remnant for you, God actually uses Joseph to move his family in Abraham's line from Canaan to Egypt, that they would survive the famine and then begin to build into a nation. God had a macro view. And sometimes I think we get stuck in the nitty-gritty of life, the day-to-day moments. But I want to encourage you that often there's a much bigger picture at play with God. He sees the micro, but there's also the macro. And we don't have the vision sometimes to see God at work in the macro. But what I've learned in my life, and what I see in the scriptures, is that there's always a macro plan. Joseph understood that God was working despite the circumstances he found himself in. And so some time passes. They survived the famine. Jacob has now moved to Egypt. 17 years goes by. His dad, Joseph's dad, passes away. And Joseph's now 56 years old. He's been there for some time. But the brothers were still worried that Joseph's going to want some, some payback, some retribution. So they make up this lie and say, hey, Joseph, our dad told us that you need to forgive us for how we betrayed you, how we treated you earlier. And we come to our key text for tonight. In Genesis 50, verse 17 to 20. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? And lean into this. This is what I want to hone in tonight. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Despite being abandoned, betrayed, sold to slavery, falsely accused, wrongly imprisoned, being forgotten for multiple years, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good 
to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What a statement. You know, God often takes difficult seasons, moments, experiences and turns them around for his good. God plays the ultimate reverse card. If you like Uno, the game's going one way, you think it's going one way, that person next to you is on Uno, they're about to win and God's like, bang, reverse card, we're changing this overnight. He reverses situations that appear hopeless, situations that appear dark, where we feel abandoned, that there's no way forward, we feel alone. He can turn around any situation for his good. 13 years had passed by the time Joseph was sold into slavery until he was leading the nation. 17 years old he was taken and he took him from a prison to a palace. And maybe you're feeling like you're in a place like Potiphar's house or the prison this year. I want to encourage you today that God can turn around your situation for good. He absolutely can. And some of you are asking God right now, God, what is going on in my life? You promised me this. This workplace situation is difficult. My mental health's not great. My family's breaking down. I'm looking for a partner. Be encouraged today that often we're facing difficulties. I really believe that God uses them as seasons of preparation. What I find interesting is God prepared Joseph in his father's fields. He prepared him in Potiphar's house to run the household. He prepared him in the prison with op- running the operations. And then he takes them to lead a nation that's resource poor. I tell you what, learning to run a prison and then learning to run a nation, what a better place, what better place there to train it than actually a prison, a place that is resource poor to then go and lead a nation. Fascinating. What has God been preparing you for this year? What has he been preparing you for to do? How he's going to work through you? Maybe the last years have been tough. I'm sure they have been. But maybe he's been preparing you for just a time as this. Maybe you'll join the kids' team. It's not a message about serving, by the way. Maybe you're going through some challenging stuff at the moment and your outlook for 2022 seems bleak. Maybe you're having a hard time believing God is present. Maybe you're actually struggling to see his hand at work in your life. And I want to encourage you today that he's present and at work even when it doesn't seem so. He was present throughout Joseph's life in Potiphar's house, in the prison, when he interpreted the dream in front of Pharaoh's court, when he had to lead the nation. And he's present in your life when times are difficult, when we're feeling unjustly treated, when we're alone, in places where it feels like we're stuck and going nowhere, he's present and at work. When it comes to 2022, my genuine feeling and my desire is for God to use me. I just want to see God use me in ways that I can't even, like, I can't even articulate or begin to understand. I want to see God do miracles through my life. I want to see his presence manifest. I want to meet new people. I want to see people change for the kingdom of God. That's not, that's not because I'm a paid pastor. Not at all. That's just my innate passion. But I think sometimes we get stuck in the nitty-gritty of our day-to-day. And forget about that God wants to actually use us this year. We can carry over what's happened in the last couple of years, or we can say, God, I've gone through this. How have you prepared me? What have you got in store for me? How can I serve you in your kingdom this year? I love Mitch, Mitch actually prayed in um, our pre-service prayer. I think you mentioned something in the lines, Mitch, you know, I come to church, I want to build the kingdom. I come to church because I want to build the kingdom. And I think if we could have a bunch of Christians that were kingdom builders, wow, what a place that would be. I can hear you today, like, hey, Daniel, you have no idea what my marriage is like. You have no idea how tough it is right now. You have no idea what I'm going through. My kids are annoying or <laughs> I don't know what it is. What are the struggles in this church? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot going on. I can hear you, like, hey, you don't know the in- inside of my life. And you'd be right. And the question is, like, I can, I can sense is, how can you possibly tell me God's present in my circumstance when I don't see him? 
How can you possibly say to me at church that the stuff I'm dealing with, God is present in it? I don't see it. I see darkness. Well, ultimately, I believe in his word. And his word says that he is with us. Jesus speaking to his disciples in John 14, 15 to 17 says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the helper, the advocate, is with us and living in us. He is in me. He is in you. He is healed me, Gala. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So there's no circumstance that we've faced in the past two years. There's no outlook we can have right now that is devoid of his presence. There is no situation too hard, circumstance too difficult, or outlook too bleak that God can't break through the light and change in a moment. God prepared Joseph over 13 years, but he took him from the prison to a palace in a moment. I really believe that as we come into 2022, we kind of need a bit of an outlook shift. We need to actually say, God, you know what? I've been through some stuff. I'm going through some stuff. But Lord, I know you're here. Holy Spirit, I know you're here. Holy Spirit, I know you are all powerful. The power of your presence is within me. I think sometimes we just got to lift our head above the water sometimes to see the goodness of him and how present he is in our everyday. You know, God sees the micro and the macro. We don't always see the bigger picture. God can turn it around any situation and he's present. And so what I want to do tonight is just, if we could close our eyes, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to actually come and speak to us, to give us a bit of a, a posture shift, an outlook change, maybe even reveal to us the things in our lives that we need to take steps forward in faith. Because there isn't a time that I see in Joseph's life that God didn't actually use him. He used him in the darkest places, in the places where he was most alone, most betrayed, most abandoned, and he was with him, and he had favour upon his life. Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for your presence, Lord. We just acknowledge that you're in us, that you're speaking, Lord. Would you just come right now? We surrender our lives to you, Lord. We say, Lord, have your way in us. Reveal to us what you have for us this year. Would you help us have an outlook shift, a change of posture, God, that we would be people that want to serve you with our lives, that we would be kingdom builders, that we would remember that your presence is with us, God. We want to be used by you, Father. We want to serve you with our hearts, Lord. We want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Holy Spirit, would you guide us, lead us, empower us as we walk out this year, God. Would you help us to lay aside, keep behind all the, all the challenges of last last two years, God? Would you help us to have a fresh perspective on what you can do? Would you help us to have a faith injection that you can change a moment just like that? Holy Spirit, we need you. We thank you so much for your presence, Lord. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.